the stress. You don't make no clap back when you backpack my bad, but I'm past that with an ass back. That's cash when the money fall, I'ma slap that ass clap when the money go. You don't slap ass, that's facts. If the money low, I'ma grab strap right man. When it come back, I'ma get back my bad. When a check hit, the direct hit, I'm glad when a check missed the direct hit, I'm sad like who's that knocking at my window? My window. They see that it's the money, I'm like, All right, we are back. Once again, folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome back to How You Living. Episode 83, live from the Chaz Tower in the only million dollar studios. Chaz, I always start this off with a simple question where I look at you and I go, how you living? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. It's November 1st. It's into the November thingamajigs, you know. Uh, we've probably talked about it in the past. You know, you have, uh, No Shave November. Um, you have, uh, uh, Rimo, the National Writing Month. Um, and, and yeah, and you have some other things going on too. So, yeah. Yeah, and, we're, and, and, you know, obviously we have, uh, Thanksgiving at the uh, the the midpoint late point of the uh, the month, and we just passed through the Halloweens. So uh, we're here in a in a, a chillier Seattle, Washington. Uh, it, it's probably you know forty out there, and uh, you know a little frost on the windows sometimes, and uh, and it's it's uh, it's how you live in the show, which by the way has. A segment that started way back, let's call it episode two, when we decided to look back on things we talked about in the previous episode. And that, my friends, is the segment we like to call callbacks, otherwise known as callbacks. That's me doing a Chaz impression. Yeah. So, as you know, when we're recording this, it is uh, November 3rd. Trace. Um, and, of course, two days from now, November 5th, is Election Day. Here, especially in Seattle. I think a lot of people have uh, ballots out there, though, around the country. So Indeed. I'm staring at mine right now because we have the privilege of voting by mail. Uh, and Except we- now, because you waited too long, so you best be putting that into a ballot box. <laughs> um, Don't Mikkel, be Mikkel. Is it stand? We it's- have until uh, basically eight o'clock on Tuesday to get them into either a ballot box or postmarked for that day. I I would look that up. I'm pretty sure they had to be postmarked by. They have to be postmarked because in in Oregon, vote by mail means. Vote by mail until uh, two days before, and then two days before, you technically have to find a ballot box. Uh, no, for the state of Washington, um, you get until the day of, basically, 8 o'clock to drop it off at a ballot box or make sure that day that it's postmarked for the 5th. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay, okay, guys. So, uh, that being said, uh, big things on the ballot this time. A lot of uh, council members of Seattle uh, we're not doing a full mayoral election this year. No, but but the council races are important. Um, there, it's been in a little bit of the national media um, at this time because there's a whole lot of uh, Amazon money that was injected into uh, yeah. our race. Uh, you can see if you're in the front of where if you want to talk about our race charitably, you might say it's just between different shades of blue. That's what the Seattle Times basically said in one of their articles recently. But if you see more of a divide between, you know, the liberal establishment, the capitalist establishment and, you know, progressives, you can see that there's a bit of a big divide here in Seattle. And you're probably wondering which way it's going to go. 
Right. And obviously, if a company like Amazon is going to inject that type of cash in it, there are outcomes that they are seeking. So there are clearly people that they expect to see, uh, you know, in their pockets as far as regulation, most notably probably in uh, direct response from the head tax, which was implemented on them at one point and then immediately rescinded. And then Amazon immediately uh, moved uh, like 60,000 jobs to Bellevue. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I went to the debates for the District 5 member, Deborah Juarez, uh, and she spoke on that. And basically she said, yeah, yeah, I repealed it because I was afraid of losing those jobs, but we lost those jobs anyway. But as she said in that one, that she wants us, the people, to come up with our own referendum. Because actually, I I keep saying I need to look up this process totally. But the basics that I know is if you get a bunch of uh, signatures for a petition and you can have a bill that is written like by the people and then voted on by the people. Yeah. In Oregon, for a statewide uh, referendum, it's somewhere around 35,000. Okay. And then I'm not sure what the one was for Portland, but I'm sure Seattle's is closer where it's probably maybe Mm 10,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Signatories. So that's something she wanted to do there. Um, there are actually quite a lot. I did not realize there were quite a lot of advisory votes and referendum um, measures. And actually, you know what? For this next week or, you know, the next time we record, I'm going to come back and actually have a firm understanding of what all this stuff means because I am ignorant to it and I'm all about being an informed voter. So I was yeah. going to kind of look at this and kind of like riff on it a little bit just to be like, hey, political process, engage, engage, engage. But I think it's better for my time to like look at this and... Come to some conclusions. Yeah, the only one that I know for sure that I'm like, fuck you, no, is um, initiative measure number 972. And that's the ones where like, I don't drive a car. And I know if you drive a car, you might say, yeah, oh, it does not that shit anymore. I get it. Um, but it's... It's the one that's basically repealing all of the new taxes that are on registration uh, so we can build out um, a more robust public transportation. That's like that's it in a nutshell. And I want more robust public transportation. So I'm saying, hell no, uh, we won't go. I, I as a car driver, I would say that it has gotten out of control. They've used that as a fail safe for those systems. I think there are other opportunities to, to gather those funds. And unfortunately, they like tacking them on to the registration process. Because in their mind, it's partially towards the luxury tax because mm-hmm. the the uh, idea of ha- owning a car. But, um, you know, proletariat's own cars. So, like, in a yeah. weird way, you're actually, like, uh, uh, taxing the working populace more than you are, like, somehow just because someone uh, can't afford it um, who has maybe a luxury car or, like, the Bellevues and things that we're talking about. Um, you know, it... <clears throat> it's actually taxing against the, 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 the poor population as well. And so I, I, I actually am cool with this, I think, because it'll, it'll also cut down on unregistered vehicles and vehicles that, um, you know, w- w- that can get in accidents. Those are the type of vehicles that people abandon and stuff. Uh, and it's because they c- the registration process is so rigorous and expensive. Um, I, I would rather those people come forward and pay the, I think this is talking about maybe like a $30 flat tax. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and have their vehicles registered than have them. Um, cause when I went to register mine, mine was going to be $350 mm-hmm. to register my vehicle. And that's ridiculous. Cause it was a 1998 Subaru. So I was How like, much should it cost? Uh, I mean, 30 makes sense because honestly, um, you need to you need to give 
access to cars to people like if 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 you're gonna have a, a working populace that that's that's how they're gonna get around you know I, I i love the idea of public transportation and expanding that and ultimately i think we're on the tail end of private car ownership i think i think if you look at this in 30 years we're not going to own cars you know i think there will be pods of cars that are available to you in the cities maybe in rural areas you'll still be able to retain your your vehicle license but it doesn't actually make sense just on a on a standpoint of pollution and being able to control that uh, and a standpoint of like accidents and drunk driving and all these other things, I think driverless cars ultimately are going to be the solution. But in order to do that, it has to be smart roads, smart car. Everyone has to be bought into that system. You can't have some dumb cars and some smart cars. You know. I mean, that's eventually where it will go. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm I guess we are definitely on both sides of this because I am pro public transportation because i take it basically I'm pro everywhere transportation but i'm and just not pro utilizing the registration process as the means in order to uh to gather those funds i just think it restricts access to vehicles to some populace of people that are actually it's necessary for their daily life like like supporting their family getting to work and those things and when you when you literally 10 times i mean 300 versus 30 uh, the the cost. I mean, three hundred is is a third of rent, you know, for some people, and so mm-hmm. that's that's too much. That's too much. Uh, if you need to gather those funds, I mean, uh, I think there are other avenues. Uh, I do like. I feel like this is a middle. Uh, there's a middle ground here because I do think thirty dollars is too low, and, and I do actually agree with them using people who drive public transportation or sorry, drive cars to pay for public transportation because right. it's the that prohibitive cost is supposed to be to incentivize people to take public transportation. So that's kind of there. And I do feel like this one, and uh, there's definitely things about Tim Iman that he tries to like get things like this through. And he's a very shrewd, con- like a shrewd politician by doing so. And I do feel like this is an extreme fix and would really hinder individuals from making more nuanced changes like you mentioned that you don't feel like you should be paying that much because you have an old ass car right that totally makes sense so then maybe the change isn't you know blow it up with the bath water and pay make people pay thirty dollars is to make sure that the amount of money that you're paying for the registration is better suited for the year of car that you're driving Okay. Well, and I mean, and and for some reason, those types of taxes, I, I forget, what is that class of tax called? Uh, I don't know that off the per, top Because, you head. know, progressive, they have all the different regressive, progressive. Uh, well, see, see, that's the thing. Like, it's, it would be a regressive if it taxed poor people more than it did rich people. Right. Well, and that's and, what I was trying to say. So if that was a progressive tax, then... Um, those are very complicated and they do not pass. That's the interesting thing is ultimately those are those are hard to implement in, in this society. I think maybe partially because the voting populace is made up of those uh, the people that that would affect. So like the rich voters, I think when we see that we see that in national elections, you know, mm-hmm. when we talk about, you know, taxing the rich and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. like and they never pass, you know, we never get those those through and it's interesting because like something like this i'm arguing to a degree does tax the poor um well remember it's not tax the poor full stop it has for it to be regressive versus um progressive it has to be at which rate okay yeah and there's no rate this is a flat tax so it's theoretically uh all parties pay the same but yeah percentage of income it would be different 
Well, like, so in, if we're dealing with the, like, socialization of our society, it's usually somewhat equivalent to the class of car someone is driving is based on the class of job or income that they make. So at least anecdotally on my end, when I've seen people complain about this on my Facebook feed, I have someone who drives a Tesla, and I think their registration was close to $900. Uh, so, hmm. and, and I know someone else, when it first got implemented, I believe they were riding a sport utility vehicle of some sort, like a mid-range um, Honda Odyssey or something like that, and theirs was roughly $560. Okay. Right? So I do feel like in this case, like based on those things, and based on like probably the overall money that they make that this tax is progressive and we know they live in seattle mm-hmm. they're not being taxed okay from the because yeah, right. i think uh the east side as we call it here in seattle where we have the bellevues and the redmonds i do think they have a, a, a they have additional taxes in their registration so yeah and i'm i'm not sure if this one is just in seattle in and of itself or if it's uh for when you Statewide. register your card for king county Oh, okay. Because, like, the one thing that we have to remember here is, like, the city of Seattle has its own ordinances, like the plastic bags thing, uh, but that doesn't affect all of King County because if you go right outside of uh, Seattle, you will be able to get plastic bags when you go get your groceries and all that. Uh, so, yeah, there is some jurisdiction things here, and I wonder if it can tell me here if it is actually King County or just the city of Seattle because it's dealing with sound transit, and sound transit is all across. Like, it's a you regional know, transit exactly. authority. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, I'll read out the full thing. It says, Initiative Measure Number 976 Concern Motor Vehicle Taxes and Fees. This measure would repeal, reduce, or remove authority to impose certain vehicle taxes and fees, limit annual motor vehicle license fees to $30, except voter-approved charges, and base vehicle taxes on uh, Kelly Blue Book value should this measure be enacted in law. Okay. So that's, that's basically the thing of it. Well, there we go. The more you know. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other callbacks? No, I think that was a good one. I think it was good. No, we got in, we got into it, and and, and I and I, you know, and I, neither of us are right, neither of us are wrong. You know, I mean, it's society, so society kind of makes these choices. You know, this is mm-hmm. why we do the voting. Um, and then we go with it, and it's not always perfect. You know, um, we see that in the healthcare act. You know, I mean, it passed, and yet mm-hmm. not everyone is happy with it. No, and it's still in debate, and so, but we have to do something, and and I and I think ultimately we're gonna do something. Uh, moving forward with that, um, whether it's a correction of what we have or an expansion or whatever, um, but yeah, it's it. These debates, these conversations are important. You know, it's 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 about looking at the facts, looking at the numbers. How do you side? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I <clears throat> I think I think I think that's really important. And I hope uh, people out there that are listening, that are you know living in whatever area they live in, are are, are paying just as much attention to their ballots. You know, and, yeah, and seeing, for sure, seeing these. Uh, these different measures it might not necessarily be vehicle registration this time it might be you know tolls across a bridge or um you know different county taxes and things uh but yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta be informed to be in the know yeah indeed you know and uh with that we're in episode 83 i want to say we are in episode 83 i want to i'm venturing out on the limb to, <laughs> to guess uh how you living fans out there know we get that wrong um 50 in the, the 70s we were definitely like geriatric as fuck without yeah, we remembering were lost we Wait, were lost I, I feel like that's problematic but anyway and also <laughs> yeah i know man yeah you, we can't use any adjectives anymore cancel well, culture baby well, no, you don't mean, get to describe anything. I mean, I they're don't not know. old people, man. They're people. No, no, no I just don't want to 
fly that all old people have memory loss because they're old. Like, you know, right. okay. people deal with Alzheimer's. People have dementia. Like, like I feel like it is to a certain degree to be mildly <laughs> insensitive to those we're actual changing, ailments. We're changing the show to, is Mikkel racist? <laughs> is Chaz ageist? <laughs> the answer is no. Neither of them. But I say some problematic shit sometimes. Right. And, and I just like, in my moment of being like, yeah, no. Mirror, mirror. Cardi B. Cardi B. Mirror, mirror. That's a spoiler alert if you haven't seen Rhythm and Flow. Oh, man. Which I want to talk about, but I still don't want to spoil it. But Wait, come on. I mean... I mean, I want to talk about it too. We should talk about it. All right, all we should right. talk. Like we can, it, we can right. just put spoiler tag in if, like the show notes. If you haven't seen Rhythm and Flow, then stop listening to this episode at this moment. Watch yes, yes. Rhythm and Flow. Do that, John. And then we will be spoiling it starting now. Congratulations, D Smoke. D Smoke. <laughs> no, of course, D Smoke. D like. It was funny because I loved the show, but I feel like I knew who the final four was going to be. One hundred percent, right? Right when I knew it was going to be D Smoke and London B, and then towards like the middle of the shows, mm-hmm. I knew uh, Real Talk was going to be in. Oh there. I, yeah, I knew. Yeah, I actually thought they were going to ditch Troy Man because he kind of fucked up a few times. Me too. Yeah, They're like the fourth one was always kind of in in uh, in flux. Yeah, and I really like I was mad. So like callback if you listened to the previous episode where I. Was was like I was mad in the uh, cipher. Uh, oh, not not the cipher. The rap battle round. Oh, Beans v Real Talk. Yeah, Beans v Real Talk and uh, Old Man Saxon versus D Smoke. Uh, yeah. And and here's the thing, right? Y'all gonna be like, this is how I knew. Like I knew from an artistic perspective, you have to put forth D Smoke. I knew from a producer's perspective, you have to put forth D Smoke. But I thought if you were gonna judge them on the individual, like how they competed in that round. Um, Not just originality, like who performed better in the rap battle. I thought Old Man Saxton did because I thought that D-Smoke felt nervous. And and I felt like if you were like, yeah, I'm going to put him through. And I was like, oh, but no, like Old Man Saxton versus D-Smoke is good fucking TV. And that's when I was mad, like, because y'all made good fucking TV. And I can see how calculated that good TV was. But I'm mad because Old Man Saxton... It was hilarious, and I wanted him to go farther. That's also I gotta admit this video from uh, London B kind of stole the show. Uh, she doesn't ultimately win it, but I think she won this round. And oh yeah, that blew people away because they literally started rapping the hook right here. Uh, in the middle of the song where she's like, I can't change, I can't change. <laughs> and like all the participants were rapping. Right. And that's, I can't change, I can't change, I can't change. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Can't, yeah. No, that's a sick hook. Yeah, it is a good hook. And it was like, that's where I was like, oh, even if she loses this, she won. Yeah. No, no. There were so <laughs> many. Like, I feel like now in the age of um, social media, if you're trying to become hype or if you're trying to become well known, like there's a few people where I was like, let me go to Spotify and see if they on Spotify. Right. Um. Yeah. Like 
And you've had some time in between when they filmed it to when it gets released. And I think during that time, even if you didn't do it big, if you got fans, you should be out there like making shit. Pushing it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. like once it releases, then you drop your shit. And then people who are like, oh, yeah, let me figure out who this boy is. They yeah. can go on Pandora. They can go on Apple Music. They the, can go on wherever. The white kid from Detroit. He yeah. Put, he put out an album in the intermission between See? the filming of the show See? and the dropping of the show. Because he knows how this game works. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like him. So that's why I didn't look him up as an artist. But yeah. he's doing it. He's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Troy Man has a video. Old Man Saxon, he's got tracks, dude. Yeah. He literally has full video tracks. Like, that guy's been putting in work for a minute. Yeah. No, so, I want him to go on tour. If he goes on tour, I'm buying tickets real quick. <laughs> like, real quick. That dude is fucking hilarious. And D-Smoke liked him, so I think they're, you're going to probably see a feature of oh, the two oh, of them. Oh, that would be legit. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they had a good rap battle. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they had a real... And then, like, when... Beans... Beans almost destroyed Real Talk. No. If he didn't drop that line, I'm Puerto Rican, I've been eating beans my whole life, oh I don't think he wins God. that rap battle. No, no. I thought, like, <laughs> when I first heard Beans, I was like, how are you going to come back from that? And then I heard his line, I was like, you came back from that. <laughs> yeah. I love the line because they did the, they're similar to, like, American Idol or, like, American Ninja Warrior, those things where they do the little kind of, like, intro, kind of, mm-hmm. like, tug at your heartstrings. Oh, uh, yeah. before the the battles and things and the thing for real talk was him talking to his daughter because the day of the rap battle was her birthday uh and beans made that like shot at him yeah, like yeah. you mentioned your daughter's birthday i yeah. was like yo but don't worry i'm sending daddy home right yeah, yeah. i was like uh-oh uh-oh like I, did, I, was, I was just like oh hell no yeah like wow you that was, was hard just came at his neck like that, that's his family wow. yeah and then he had like, to respond and that's when he drops that line yeah i've been eating beans my whole life so right. he's like no he's like <laughs> okay okay this is this is where we're going okay so i'm gonna go ahead and, and do this but uh yeah i saw them on uh, a sway in the morning oh okay. they've already been on the breakfast club they've already been on sway in the morning yeah yeah and um the four of them the four finalists uh london b troy man uh real talk flawless real talk and uh d smoke and man they they're all artists like for real yeah other thing, uh, side note, when they, they did a cypher, so they're all rapping, yeah. and they bring on this other girl, uh, Young Destin. Oh, okay. Yo, look her up. She will blow oh. your mind. Okay. She is so fire, and she's 17. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. But she came on the mix with them, but they were all talking, and like, um, D-Smoke is investing the money in a in, in like a youth uh, music program. In, oh, that's legit. In in LA, like he he's like, we're gonna take this 250k and we're gonna make it more. And he's like, we're gonna build it, like, and it's gonna be keep like building and reinvesting. And mm-hmm. and he goes, you know, I'm I'm already working with like other labels and stuff. So he's like, I'm able, I'm I can put out an album. So mm-hmm. I don't need the two hundred fifty thousand dollars to put out that album. No, so, yeah, you so, can, yeah, yeah. Albums so, are so cheap to produce yeah. these days. And and he already said that he's going to be working with Flawless and London and uh and Troy Man in the future on projects. London's signed to some label. Nice. Uh, uh, Cardi B is going to work with Troy Man on something. And like, yeah. So so. The four of them won, you know, and they were talking about that on the thing. They were like, they were like, yeah, I mean, like he won the money, but we all won the show. Yeah, no. And, and that's <laughs> what I loved about it, because I was like, anytime you go on um, a reality TV show, like you don't always have to be the grand winner to like win something. Some people are still big on smaller circuits from uh, 
American Idol, um, Jennifer Hudson, who won a fucking Oscar, was like knocked out eighth in like the finals <laughs> in, right. in her season, right? So it, it's crazy how some people can use that to become like just bigger stars. And I feel like right. um, I keep like it's I rhythm give it, and flow, and I keep wanting to say hustle and flow. And I give brain. Netflix credit because. Uh, I'm a hip hop fan. You guys know that if you've listened to this show, I open and close every show for the most part with hip hop. And um, uh, there's a lot of realness to hip hop, which is why oh, yeah. why I was attracted to it. I was a big reggae head, so reggae and hip hop to me have a lot in common in that they they talk of the culture they're from and and they speak on the real of what's happening. And it would have been so easy for Netflix to make this a very cheesy hollywood hip-hop show oh yeah for sure you know what i mean it would have been super easy and it might have even been more popular Mm -hmm. but by keeping it real and real to the roots of hip-hop and having like guys like ti involved in the selection process Uh uh-huh like it's fire because of that because all these four finalists are real people talking real things about real problems in real areas of this country Mm -hmm. and they're gonna be around hip-hop now and so i'm excited that that to see what they do and also to see what Netflix does with the series hopefully keeping it in that in that grounded roots kind of kind of situation I kind of yeah I definitely um and it's going to be fire next time because now people know what to expect Oh fuck it I can't I mean I wonder if they're like so uh, a couple things I wonder if they're going to keep the same three judges like it feels like they can but it also feels They'll like probably you can yeah. sub out people just fine Yeah um I'm also I kind of wanted a, a a little bit more of a Philadelphia representation because right. I feel like so Philly, Meek, maybe Meek might get up on that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like Philly has its own artist and its own flow and its own style. So like I know, I mean, it, that is very self-serving being from Philadelphia and everything. But you know, yeah, Philadelphia well, there's, drops. There's a there's a Northwest style to hip hop. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, we you know we have uh, lyricists. We're known for like lyricists. Mm-hmm. You know, trap music's known for the beats. Yeah, you know, we're known for lyricism. So yeah, they could get somebody from up here. You know, uh, the country, you know, Houston was underrepresented. That's true. Houston's got a fire scene. That's true. Uh, uh, you know, there's Florida. Florida is interesting because Florida has like a trap music side kind of a lyricist side and then there's almost this like soca spanish influence side oh yeah from the puerto rican slash cuban kind of influence mm-hmm. down kind of pitbull you know and stuff oh, yeah. and so uh so florida itself is like three styles and then uh they underrepresented new york because they just went to like cardi style new york you know and new york yeah, is like true. is like burrows man yeah. like like they fought like if you're watching this wu-tang series about hip-hop shout out to uh our episode where i was talking about it um, you see how important like places within mm-hmm. the city of New York and like these two rival gangs slash neighborhoods were just blocks apart in Stapleton and and um something hill, uh Killer Hill, Killer Killer Hill. Uh and so the two of them like bond together and become and form what we know as Wu-Tang are members from those two different areas. But like, if we were to describe that here in Seattle, it, both of them would be in North Seattle. Like they literally would be like neighboring, uh, neighborhoods. So yeah, the, the energy of New York and then, um, you know, LA has more than just the rap culture they went to, you know, cause they didn't, oh, even, yeah. they didn't even go into the kind of the new nerdy rap culture or like, oh, yeah. or like, um, kind of um, artistic kind of leaning towards like, uh, like the, what, what's the guy's name? Um, 
uh, Tyler the Creator kind of oh, like, yeah, like yeah. kind of like out there, kind of weird, like but but his own self kind of kind of raps. There's there's a whole scene of that, you mm-hmm. know. There's a whole a whole scene of those guys. I definitely think they probably should expand on it uh, yeah. for next season. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Can probably be a little bit longer. I wonder if they'll release it like once a week instead of like three episodes each week. Right. Like they did it with this one, but like no, it was a solid show. I mean, probably not because like binge is a verb. Like yeah, almost like true. basically created by Netflix as far as our interpretation of what binge mm-hmm. means now. Uh, and so like you almost you have to give something because I I'm seeing that with the Hulu show uh, with the Wu-Tang thing. Mm. It's weekly and it's it's not enough. Like you're like mad. You're like, oh, I only get to watch an hour. So I see kind of like Netflix leaning in on that. Like they're like, no, you get to watch multiple episodes. Cause... You know what? I do feel like that's a good transition into something that I want to talk about. Yeah, I don't do know how I feel about it. But I've heard recently that uh, Hollywood overall is up in arms that uh, Netflix wants to add um, variable speeds to right. watching. Right, which is very common in the medium we're in. Yeah. Podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to be like, why is it weird for them to do it, but it's okay for podcasts to do it, it's okay for audiobooks to do it? Fuck, even YouTube has that option, yeah. right? Or so, if you're like, you know, a scandalous person and torrenting shit, all your torrent players have that option. You yeah. Know what I mean, so if you're watching your, if you're downloading your TV shows and not watching it from the streaming things, it's already available. So... Uh, not that you should do that. I don't support uh, torrenting. You should allow creators to get paid for their content. Mm-hmm. Also, just torrent. Who cares? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Marco. Marco. Take that, NSA. <laughs> Where did Mikel go? Oh, my Lord. He got Snowdened. Oh, um, But yeah, no. The, and, and I mean, I see both sides in the sense of uh the artists that are creating it they're feeling like art art, artistic integrity is being lost to a degree with that Mm -hmm. um but at the same time yeah it's the users are paying for it like if if you want to watch first of all how lame are you that you're watching movies with like like extra speed you know what i mean like 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 what what (laughs) yeah i mean the voices are gonna be weird like everything's gonna be fucked up like Mm -hmm. yeah that just seems janky to begin with but i mean i guess i don't want to stop you from having the capability yeah i might see somebody who's like a movie reviewer or someone who actually has to like speed run things to actually find it very useful and but i guess i'm not really deep enough in the culture to fully understand like what makes it such a pernicious thing to give to viewers or how it will change how um things like that will work right so like i heard about it and all i could think about was why is this a thing like not not (laughs) why are they adding it that i fully understood is why are people upset about it yeah well and and i think i think that goes to the artistic integrity thing mm -hmm. i think because um, think about that. What if you are a reviewer and then it, it comes out, they're like, you're watching all of your movies on a uh, time and a half. Mm-hmm. And as like the uh, artist is the artistic integrity lost then you're like, well, yeah, of course it seems shallow in all these things. Like you invested an hour and 15 minutes into my two hour movie. That's not cool. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get it in that sense. I don't think you can ultimately stop the public from doing it. I mean, I, 
you can you could create scripts and things that could write around the <clears throat> streaming software and be able to mm-hmm. play at that at that speed anyway. So like, there's so many and or if they they're buying it on DVD, DVDs have al- have always had that capability. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I I I don't see it not being a thing. I think it will be, um, but I understand the artistic integrity of of an artist wanting you to see it at the at the speed you see it. Uh, part of certain movies is the space between scenes and the air in between dialogue and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and, you know, someone was talking to me about, um, a, I don't know if it was a Steve McQueen movie or, um, Oh, it was Paul Newman. The, uh, his Le Mans, the mm-hmm. movie Le Mans. There's a 14 minute scene of just racing. No dialogue. Oh, wow. No music. Mm. Just the sound of cars racing. Wow! For fourteen minutes. Holy shit! And if if you made that movie today, you wouldn't do that. You just mm-hmm. wouldn't. It's just not in the style. But in the style of then, they were like, let's try to encompass the feeling and the emotion of what racing is. How do we do it? Oh, let's just show them racing. And they just kept expanding it, and it was just longer and longer and longer. And then it's like it makes sense in the context of the movie Le Mans a lot because the the Le Mans race is a 24-hour race. Oh. Okay. So it's a race over 24 hours and so um it it uh it makes sense to try and give it a a, a longer feel as far as your like investment in that as a viewer if you mm-hmm. really want to feel what it's like you got to give a percentage of the of the screen time to that. But you wouldn't do that today. You know what I mean? And I think artistically if you watch that scene on like time and a half, you're not getting that emotion that they're delivering because you're like, "Oh, there's racing for like six and a half minutes." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh but I don't know, you know, and I mean, like I said, ultimately I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think it will be a feature because mm-hmm. I don't think I mean, we're seeing that in every element of technology. I mean, how many recording artists wanted Napster closed? Oh yeah. Well, what do we have now? You know, legal Napster. Yeah. Spotify and Pandora, iTunes and you know Google Play and yeah. But and speaking to all of this, man, do those Apple TV shows look crazy? Like uh, I haven't even seen. Have you seen ads for these Apple TV shows? Like like vaguely. Like C, the show C that's gonna have um uh Drago, the guy from uh. Who uh, he's Aquaman? Oh, yeah, I forget his name. Oh, oh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa has a show that's like this, like fantasy kind of like basically his character from Game of Thrones, but in the snow. And then um, there's uh, there's just some whack, weird, like all the commercials like throw me, man, because they're like. I'm like, wait, what? And then it's like Apple TV, and I'm like, oh, of course that's there. Like, that's so weird. That would not be anywhere. Yeah, it's but- it's it's very interesting. Like the online streaming services, because it always feels like, um, like them and also probably like cable, like premium cable channels, kind of all exist in that space where they're trying to give viewers a certain archetype of show right um and i felt like that like back when things like the tutors and other like drama with royal families uh were across different uh streaming platforms Uh, i forget the specific ones but i guess the tutors win in my mind because that's the only one i remember but uh yeah and then the other one they're they're doing an oprah's book club uh and they're doing uh for all mankind, which is like a like an Apollo mission um, uh, show, 
And then there's a morning talk show with uh, Jennifer Aniston and let's see. Uh, 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 uh. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Oprah's book club and a morning show with Jennifer Aniston. Like if I was approaching this from an ad, like an executive standpoint, I feel like at least those are targeting women. Yo. of like like of a, a certain class and dog. Such. I'm on board now though. Oh lord! Guess what they're bringing back? What's that? Ghost Rider. What the fuck? <laughs> Ghost Rider what? is coming to oh Apple TV. Really? The, really? The PBS classic. Whoa. Wait. Oh. Something creepy is going on. We all see it. Whoa. Oh. Spells words as a ghost oh, while they solve I crime. Fuck it. It's not easy being the new kid. The menu board says come together. Ever since you moved here, we've seen these bizarre messages. Wow. Okay. You know what, yo? I mean, Apple TV, you win. I mean, <laughs> that, they, that's good. If they bring back Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, I'm over it. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at that right now, and um, like, I'm gonna be that progressive asshole and be like, you know, you ain't hitting the multicultural game of the original one on PBS with that cast at the moment. But you might. Be we'll able see. To do we'll better. see. They'll probably expand. They'll right. probably expand. Yeah, because that one was like for the '90s. Oh man, there was the Hispanic woman, the Hispanic guy mm -hmm. the black kid yep. the white two white kids and then an asian person i think i, I think so yeah yeah like, like it was very new york yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah so yeah. you know like like that was the shit it was like look at everyone and it was like we teach people how to read and, <laughs> and being cool with other people <laughs> and then they would have storylines that like reflected their culture too mm -hmm. like yeah like i think the the hispanic guy had like a multi-generational house yeah you know so you'd come there and the grandpa's there and stuff and like you know um yeah that's interesting no i yo i'm pro ghostwriter <laughs> oh no i love i love the show like uh, yeah, that's just yeah. like just looking at that that's like my one uh, i know everybody out there is like man chaz again with the fucking identity politics but they're like you know representation <laughs> matters right it, yeah. i mean that showed people's different life in new york and coming together and you going to school and doing shit it, it you'd think it doesn't until you hear everyone who's made it in Hollywood and then they reference the one time mm -hmm. an identity of their like representative culture was seen and yeah. they'd be like oh this person made me feel like I could do this yeah you know and so yeah clearly representation does matter like I I would agree as a white guy who's seen people <laughs> doing all the things forever <laughs> and no reference to ever being like I wonder if I can do that it's like yeah you can totally do that. <laughs> I would still say I understand oh, the value in in seeing it, you know. And I think I think like like we always make jokes because you're from West Philadelphia about like um, uh, Fresh Prince, but mm -hmm. like like he honestly brought rap culture to a whole new audience. That's true. Because they weren't listening to his albums. Yes, his albums existed, but they mm -hmm. weren't listening to them. But when he came on NBC television, yeah. it got they were influenced by rap culture, even though it wasn't like a heavy, heavy part of the show. Um, but it was there to a degree, you know, and that that's important, you know, like 
uh, especially at that time, you know, the early nineties, like rap, you know, essentially came out of like 1979. You want to say is kind mm-hmm. of a circled year. And then the eighties is kind of the banner like production of, of hip hop. And mm-hmm. then everything since then has just been building off that foundation for sure. And, you know, having a show be put on the air in 1990 or whatever. Right. And, and, and using a hip hop person as like the main star is, mm-hmm. is, is huge. So, um, I think Drake has a lot to thank from that and all the, you know, kind of the modern age superstar rappers, yeah, you know, have a lot. I, I'd say someone like Jay-Z, but I think Jay-Z was already kind of in the mix already. He he was probably already on his path. But like, you know, some of the younger generation, like the Drakes and the and the Lil Waynes and things, they mm-hmm. they saw Will Smith on TV and they're like, oh, shit. Raps everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And uh, yeah, so no, Ghost Rider, there you go. I mean, and also, like you said, it it, 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 it promotes reading and like... Yeah. It, <laughs> it's That's so funny. Man, it shows fucking everything. I love how I brought up, I was like, yo, this Apple TV, man, all their shows are whack. <laughs> Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. <laughs> like, all right, you got me. And, and to be honest, y'all, like at first I thought he said Ghost Rider and I was like, what? Oh, oh, right, and, flaming head, yeah. Nick Cage. Oh, my head's on fire. Right, and that's why, like, that's why my mind was like blown. But then you said Ghost Rider, right? And I was like, ah. yeah, that's why I knew it was in your jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you, man. Ghost Rider. I know you, man. I mean, yeah. if they bring back Perfect Strangers, we're done. Oh shit, podcast oh, over. Oh shit. I mean, actually, we're waiting for Growing Pains, but that's just because we like the song. Yeah. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Show me I guess Don't waste I guess I still haven't watched One Day at a Time, and I hear good things about that. Oh, okay. Uh, not once, about, a, not once upon a time. No, no. I, I, I actually watched way too much with that show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that was like my weekly Hulu jam for like five years because wow. it was like seven seasons. Like, I was really into that show for some reason. I don't know why. It was interesting. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's the familiarity of the characters. That's true. It's like we're like, oh, this guy's talking like this. I bet you that's Peter Pan, mm. and then it's like it is. You're like, oh wow, yeah, right. yeah. And the way they like kind of flipped stories on the head like i kind of like their first three seasons really well because they kind of took the old storybook things and kind of brought them back in a lot of ways if you think of storybooks from like the grim tale sort of thing to more grounded in reality like through mildly, the disney ones and, yeah, yeah, yeah mildly fantastic but also kind of like dealing with like human emotions and this like subterfuge and all sorts of like it, it, i mean it's a guilty pleasure the, but the, you know the grims were aptly named because mm-hmm. if you read the original stories they're dark yeah like they are dark yeah that that, that that's what it is it's, it's the darkness they added the dark and grittiness to it yeah yeah well, uh, what other what other things do you have that you want to talk about? I think we're kind of on the tail end of the show uh, here. Yeah, like so there is like there's one thing uh, I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, I guess this is uh, my America is not mind fuck moment talking about uh, Katie Hill's uh, resignation. Wow. Because yeah, I know. She'd be fucking. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> but like, what I really want to point out is like the first things, um, the way it's being framed. You, you know, 
my main man, uh, Rich Lowry, not my main man, because you know how much I dislike about him. Um, when he was on uh, Left, Right, and Center, he was talking about how um, she was uh, resigning herself because of an inappropriate uh, relationship with a staffer. But I feel like, based on everything else that I've heard about it, I feel like that's an incorrect framing of the issue. So one of the big things was that like her and her husband... Um, that would just, you know, have threesomes and have a consensual sexual relationship um, with other individuals. And this staffer was one of those individuals. And that happened way after, like, um, like it didn't happen because she was, you know, being that person. That person was working under him during the campaign, as I know it from right now. Um, and, but the, the biggest thing that I think is getting overlooked is, um, she did not ask for her, uh, naked pictures to be released. That was revenge porn by her husband after they got, um, divorced. So, and and, like, it's one of those things where at first I was like, oh, another politician in a sexual scandal. Okay. But her quote is I'm leaving because of a misogynistic culture that gleefully consumed my naked pictures, capitalized on my sexuality and enabled my abusive acts to continue that abuse mm-hmm. this time with the entire country watching yeah wow so yeah. that is framed different wow i feel bad for making my she be fucking remark i actually wasn't fully informed so yeah. i had only seen the headlines okay see see no yeah. no no that that's why like that's definitely why like when i was trying to you know acquire stories and all that i wanted to talk about that because i've seen messages on social media showing about how this is a double standard and actually one of the podcasts that i listened to it's out of california and the district that she won was a hard fought one and i believe i'm gonna have to paraphrase this from memory but i believe that um one of the individuals that led to her um pictures being sent out without her consent um was uh, members of people who worked on the campaign of the person that she ran against um and i feel like there's like a one um think Bogloyevich or something um a politician uh tweeted something about saying like oh it looks like this seat is going to be open soon before uh like a few days before someone would have public knowledge of uh, those things so there seems to be some sort of like very pernicious uh, subterfuge elements to this too right uh, from a political sense uh, as well as like you know violating um a woman's privacy and you know the quote the quote below this from the daily beast about Mm. this katie hill story says she's really leaving because she's a victim of boomer values so the the boomer generation the baby boom of cultural morals that no longer hold hills leaving because a boomer told her to in nancy pelosi who said that she had made in quotes errors in judgment because these older members of congress don't understand that most millennials have a raft of naughty photos somewhere up in their cloud mm-hmm. just waiting to be disseminated by their political adversaries yeah no that is very true like, people send nudes. That's why Snapchat is so popular. Right. And Snapchat actually, not too long ago, not, not too long, I don't want to say not too long ago, I think it was a few years ago, where some people's, like, photos that they had were leaked, even though they go away in your phone, they still, like, I guess, uh, 
hold them for a certain period of time or something in their servers, and that server got leaked. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. Like, once we got cameras on our phones and people are like, hey, here's the sexy photo. Like, people do that shit, right? Like, you know how many unwarranted dick pics people get? But if someone released a picture of a dude's dick, nobody would give a fuck, right? right? Like, and, and that's that's why, like, I wanted to bring up that double standard and just, like, get the gist of it out there because I feel like that's one of the harder ones to disseminate everything because I feel like in uh, a lot of times, basically from the cultural place, it's being presented from two sides. And and that's why, like, when I first heard that from him, I was like, wait, hold up. That ain't the whole thing. That right. ain't the whole thing. Right. Fuck, man. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs> But but that's Rich Lowry. Like he he's my like neoconservative punching bag on this show. Like I if you've wa- listened for a while, like you know, you know I'm not a big fan of Rich Lowry. There you go. And uh, you know, so uh, I'm sorry for the results of that with Katie Hill. You know that uh, hopefully she can you know m- mend the situation as best she can and, and perhaps make a, a rise again. You know, sometime. Uh, it's hard to be a political figure, you know, yeah. it's hard to serve your, like it, it, it takes value. Like it takes time. It takes investment, um, to even get to the point to be elected. So, you know, um, hopefully all that was not for naught and, uh, and people can see this for what it really is. Cause that is interesting, you know, as our values have changed and the content of our, um, like internet lives have changed, you know, more personal information is going to be out there and, mm-hmm. and to be released. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I do find, like, even though The Daily Beast is um, a right-of-center publication or media, I do find it interesting that, like, it, it was uh, someone else uh, that I listened to um, that is definitely more of a deeply left, like, not even left-of-center, but, like, you know, uh, further left than that, um, both had basically the same critique of the situation that, like, Nancy Pelosi is like, well, well no. Uh, what do you mean threesomes with a staffer? That's just weird, right? And right. it's like, well, no, it's not. Like, like <laughs> as you put it, people be fucking, Yo, right? And, and that's just a fact of our society. Like, people like sex, and we don't need to be prudes about it, even though we are very much prudes about it. And sometimes that's like why I called my dating site propaganda for my penis. You're welcome, Metcalf's mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> she did hear that episode. That is true. Oh, man. That's funny. Right. That's because, funny. like, I just want to destigmatize people's thoughts about sex to the point where, like, it happens, right? right. Like, get you yours, right? If you want to have it with 15 people, as long as it's consensual and safe, who the fuck cares? Exactly. With that, folks, we have landed the ship. I know you're normally expecting me to talk about some topic that's like lighter and whatever, but we kind of did that for most of the show. Yeah. So we good. Um, as always, go out there, listen to All Fantasy Everything, listen to this show, go see live comedy where you're at, go vote, participate in those elections. Those are the things I care about and want you guys to do. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of me at Seatown Mayor on the Twitter. I tweet about once every three months, so get up on that. Be one of my 140-ish followers. Uh, that's right, folks. I'm nailing it. Uh, otherwise, hit the show up at hylbox at gmail.com. That's h y l b o x at gmail.com. 
Chaz, how can they get at you? And this is, of course, Chaz Bash. You can hit me up on uh, the Instagrams and the Twitters at Chaz underscore Baz and on the TikToks at Chaz dash Baz. Uh, I've been, like, you know, thinking about my social media a little bit more, you know, maybe going to express myself more so on uh, uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok more so probably than Twitter. I feel like I don't really need to get into, like, maybe to watch political things but not get into it because people get into it on twitter um they do and i don't think i'm about that life right now so you know but but we'll see you'll see maybe the fight needs to change over there but uh yeah and uh with that we out folks peace